0: One. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Welcome in, everybody, episode seven. of the podcast. This yeah. is Swimming yeah. America, the Airsoft Sports Podcast presented. By Sports Sportsbook, it is Wednesday, July twenty sixth, two thousand twenty three. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day, and I know I keep saying it. Cannot believe how much we have to talk about here on a Wednesday in July here on the Aaron Torres Pod. Very quick rundown of today's show. We'll open very, very, very briefly. On the scary news of Tuesday, I'd be remiss if we didn't just spend a minute or two on Bronny James. Promise not to dive too deep. I'm not a medical professional, but we have to at least acknowledge this scary situation. Glad he's okay. Glad the medical professionals were there. From there, quick break. Much, much, much lighter note. Uh, How about Jim Harbaugh? Potentially a four-game suspension over cheeseburgers. I'll explain that. And then just a couple college hoop stories to close the, the show uh north carolina and kansas have a home and home that is very cool uh the maui invitational bracket is set so excited to see those games and then oh by the way maybe a piece of recruiting news to end the show uh so a lot to get to busy show and let's not waste any more time let's just jump very briefly into the topic of the day and it's a topic that not only took over the world of sports but obviously beyond that um just a larger perspective as well um, and it is obviously the health status of Bronnie James. And I'll tell you guys and girls, a quick side story just to show you who Bronnie James is and the impact that he has in the basketball world, uh, about in may went away on a family, tr- you know, on a trip, uh, and went to the Bahamas for a few days. Okay. Why am I bringing this up? It is because at check-in had just gone front to the hotel, uh, six, seven hour flight. I happen to be wearing a USC t-shirt. Uh, And I bring it up because the girl who was probably, you know, 18, 19 years old, lived in the Bahamas as I'm checking in, she goes, oh, USC, that's where Bronny's going to school. And so I think we all take for granted the son of LeBron James, uh, take for granted who he is and just, you know, he's, he's been in our lives forever. Um, But this guy is literally somebody that people know internationally. And obviously I think we all know by now that woke up to just a terrible horrifying incident. We found out early Tuesday, I, I found out about 10, 10, 15 Eastern time that Bronnie James had suffered cardiac arrest at USC practice on Monday. Uh, here are some details. I'll read it straight from a statement from the James family. So there's no confusion. Yesterday while practicing, Bronnie James suffered cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronnie and take him to the hospital. He is now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family, and we will update media when there is more information. LeBron and Savannah, Savannah is of course LeBron's wife, Bronny's mom, wish to publicly send their deepest thanks and appreciation to the USC medical and athletic staff for their incredible work and dedication to the safety of their athletes. Let me start just very quickly by saying this: you know, it goes out saying again. We'll spend a minute on it, but this isn't the kind of topic that I have a take on, that I have a strong opinion on. My strong opinion is just, I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's okay. This is a scary situation involving an 18-year-old kid, no previous health conditions. Um, And to read that story, I was mortified like all of you were. Um, And, you know, whatever. You don't need me to say it. But I think it goes without saying, the most important take is glad he's okay. Glad the medical professionals were on site um, and glad that he is now out of ICU and making a recovery. Very quickly, I think many of you know, some of you might not. This is not the first but second incident involving a USC basketball player in the last two off seasons having a similar situation. Vince Wachukwu, seven foot center, now a sophomore at USC. The exact same thing happened to him last year. And so I bring it up, not to speculate on anything, but to very simply say, let's just give a ton of credit to the USC staff and the USC medical professionals for just an unbelievable situation. I mean, think about, Bronny is who we need to focus on right here, right? But imagine being a coach, a GA, an assistant, uh, a director of basketball operations. You know, you spend your whole life. Focused on basketball, on training, recruiting, whatever. For this to happen twice in a two offseason period, I can't even imagine what those guys and girls are going through, nor do I want to, nor would I ever ask. Cannot imagine. But it's also worth noting credit to the USC medical staff. I, I just, I don't think I can emphasize this enough. I understand it's their job. I understand that's what they're there for. But the bottom line is, we don't even think about the fact that they're there 99% of the time. Um, and it's the 1% that we realize that they're there, that they're being called into action. And in this case, potentially saving a life tell you a quick side story. Um, DeMar Hamlin was at the ESPYs a few weeks ago. He presented kind of the courage award or whatever to the doctors who saved his life. I know the ESPYs are a punchline. I know that they've gotten probably, Whatever you you fill in the blank as to why you don't watch the ESPYs anymore. But it was an incredible moment. The doctors just said, hey, we were just doing our jobs. But you could tell the emotion that DeMar Hamlin had because he knows those guys and girls on site saved his life. And that very likely happened with Bronny James. From a basketball perspective, listen, we don't know. And it doesn't matter at this point. I don't think you need me to tell you um, that none of that matters. Um, the 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 positive, I guess if you want to call it that, Vincey Wachuku, the player who collapsed last year at USC, he actually was on the court playing for the Trojans by the end of this past season. And so I can't say that's what Bronny James's future is. I don't know. It's not important right now. Uh, the fact that he's alive, the fact that he's out of ICU, the fact that he's on the road to recovery is all that matters. Maybe he comes back this year. Maybe he never plays again this year. Maybe he never plays at USC and goes pro after this year. Those are all secondary things. Um, Those are all secondary things to this moment in time. All I will say is no different than when Keontae Johnson collapsed a few years ago. Vince Wachuku. I'm glad he's okay. I know there's some other speculation going on about another young athlete uh, having a heart condition. It's not my place to say. I'm not a medical professional. Um, at the same time, have, as someone who who uh, you know went to school for journalism, it's okay to ask tough questions. Uh, I know there's very differing perspectives on that. I'm going to stay out of that for the time being. I'm just glad that the USC medical staff was on site, that they handled it the way that they did, that they again, it's just it's just shocking and jarring. Um, and I'm just glad Bronny James is okay. Basketball is secondary. The fact that he's recovering is what's most important. And again, that's really the only quote-unquote take that I have. Uh, So let's take a quick break, come back, have a little bit of fun because uh, Jim Harbaugh is in a little bit of trouble but wanted to very briefly just touch on Bronny James to lead the show. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do... I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. By now, you know Betfred's story started in 1967 in the UK, over a thousand shops in the UK, and they have now come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of not only all things Aaron Torres Media, but the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals. And what I love about Betfred Fred. Nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred does. I've been telling you that for a year. We have sent listeners of the Aaron Torres pod to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. The Betfred suite at Cincinnati Bengals games is rocking. Betfred bettors have thrown out first pitch at the Colorado Rockies games. Nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. And here is what they are doing for you right now. How about this? Bet $50 on any game. Get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Bet 50 bucks on anything you want to bet on. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, you get up to $200 in insurance for your first five weeks as a Betfred customer, totaling $1,111 in free bets. I've told you for a year, nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. They're the only book that I bet with And I want to thank Betfred for being our presenting sponsor. All right, everybody. Now I'm back. Going to be back. Going to be back. Do want to switch gears. uh, And obviously, look, it, it was a heavy, heavy start to today's show, to today's Aaron Torres pod. So I want to go a little bit lighter right now. And I want to talk cheeseburgers. Not technically cheeseburgers, but cheeseburgers and Jim Harbaugh, cheeseburgers and potentially NCAA rules violations at Michigan. That's right. Remember that old Jimmy Buffett song, Cheeseburgers in Paradise? Well, this is kind of the exact opposite of that. Whatever the opposite of Cheeseburgers in Paradise, that is what is going on in Ann Arbor right now as Jim Harbaugh, head football coach in Michigan. You may know him as the guy that's beaten Ohio State in back-to-back years. That's won the Big Ten in back to back years, that has made the college football playoff in back to back years, that is going to start with the number two, number three ranked team in the country coming into this year. He may be suspended for a quarter of the season, maybe more, essentially over cheeseburgers. So let's get into it. Let's break it down. It's a wild story, really. And it's kind of crazy because I don't really remember talking about this as it all unfolded in the winter and the spring. This is a story that's kind of been out there since probably, I don't know, January, maybe even a little bit before, a little bit after, whatever. But I think it all kind of happened kind of during college hoop season, and we're kind of wrapped up in March Madness, conference championships, whatever. And so we didn't discuss it. But essentially, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan football over the last couple months are part of an NCAA investigation that really stems from Jim Harbaugh providing minor and legal benefits to recruits. What were those illegal benefits? Yes, he paid for lunch for these recruits at a restaurant. He bought them cheeseburgers. And so in the grand scheme of things, that's not a big deal. Even in the pre-NIL era, that wasn't a big deal. The problem is that when the NCAA came to Michigan to talk to Jim Harbaugh about it, according to all reports, all indications, and some people that I talked to on Tuesday, he may have lied about it. And so once Jim Harbaugh lied about it, And once he got caught lying about it, the NCA decided to dig deeper into the program. What they found was more minor violations, nothing major, nothing crazy, nothing that warrants Jim Harbaugh being in big, big, big trouble. Again, especially three, four years removed in the NIL era, but minor stuff. Kind of the Jeremy Pruitt special brought a few kids on campus during COVID. Not allowed to do that. Um, Brought, uh, had a... uh, had some workouts that were on Zoom that he was watching that he's not supposed to be. Uh, What else? A couple other minor things. He had a player or, excuse me, an analyst coaching during practice, minor things, but it all stems from the fact that he got caught in line. And so Michigan, in conjunction with the NCAA over the last couple days, has decided that Jim Harbaugh will be suspended to start the year. Right now, it looks as though Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended for four games. It may be more. Nothing is finalized. On top of that, his former defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, now in the NFL, gets a one-year show cause. Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator, is going to get a suspension for a game or two. And ultimately, it all comes down to, yes, a very minor recruiting violation. Yes, I'm talking about Cheeseburg And so that is what happened on Tuesday. Nothing is official yet. Now, this is just a report. It's speculation that it's going to be four games. And when I look at it, let me start by saying this. I've said this a million times on the Aaron Torres pod over the last three, four years that I've been doing this show. And what I say very often is this. Oftentimes, there are two sides to every story. That goes without saying. But oftentimes, two things can be true at the same time. And I think that's the case here with this Michigan Jim Harbaugh cheeseburger story. I think it's idiotic. I think it's dumb that he is going to miss a quarter of the year. But at the same time, let's also call a spade a spade. He's not getting punished for giving out free cheeseburgers. He's getting punished for lying about it. And so let's break it down because on the one hand, listen, I I will readily admit, I will readily admit this is just freaking stupid, right? Like it is just stupid. We're talking about a head coach at a school giving a couple guys a couple cheeseburgers probably a bill that cost 20, 30 bucks. If that on a college campus, it was probably some, you know, greasy spoon type place, really not that big of a deal. It's especially not that big of a deal in the NIL world. We now have schools literally out of the school coffers. And I know it's through a collective, but there's schools that you can feed into the collective through whatever you have schools giving players tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we're going to bust Jim Harbaugh over a cheeseburger or two. give me a freaking break. And it looks stupid and it looks especially stupid in light of all of these other rulings that have come down over the last couple months. Bill self five level one violations in basketball gets a four game suspension. Jim Harbaugh, One level one violation, that level one violation was the lying, not even the the act itself. He's going to get four games as well. Well, I'm here to tell you there's a difference between a four-game suspension in basketball that plays 31 games prior to the conference tournaments and a four-game suspension in football where you have 12 regular season games. So it's dumb and it's idiotic. What I will also say is this. You know what else is dumb and idiotic? Jim Harbaugh feeling the need to lie to NCAA investigators. And I'm not here to defend the NCAA and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But listen, you don't need to go far to realize how stupid it is to lie to the NCAA. Look at the school that Michigan plays every year that is their biggest rival. Who is their head coach right now? Ryan Day. Who was the head coach that he took the job from? Urban Meyer. How did Urban Meyer get that job? Because Jim Trestle lied to the NCAA over Tattoo Gate. Remember, it was stupid. It was idiotic. A couple guys on Ohio State traded some gear, traded some game worn jerseys, traded their little, uh, you know, their thing, medallion things. I forget what they were called, the little gold pants or whatever for free tattoos. It was stupid then. It was, it's even stupider now. But Jim Trestle got busted because he claimed he didn't know. And then when he claimed he didn't know, he said, well, I was doing it to protect the players. By the way, how about that? Jim Trestle, Ohio State leads to Urban Meyer getting there. Urban Meyer was the thorn in Jim Harbaugh's side. I joked with a buddy of mine who's a Michigan uh, Michigan uh, uh, fan today. I said, maybe this all leads to Jim Urban Meyer being the head coach at at, uh, at at Michigan when this is all said and done. I'm obviously joking. But again, you don't have to look far into this rivalry for the fact that Ohio State lost the head coach for lying to the NCAA. So on the one hand, it's idiotic that Jim Harbaugh got a four-game suspension. On another, imagine if he got nothing, how bad Ohio State fans would be. Ohio State lost a coach over lying to the NCA. Now, I'll also admit it probably worked out well for Ohio State because they ended up with Urban Meyer, but it doesn't change the fact. And so I'm a Harbaugh guy. I'm a Harbaugh defender. But if Ohio State lost a coach over this, Jim Harbaugh getting four games isn't that bad. By the way, Bruce Pearl, we all remember what happened with Bruce Pearl, right? had a barbecue at his house. Aaron Kraft was there. Bruce Pearl tells the Kraft family, tells everybody there, lie, say you weren't there. He gets a three-year show cause. I'm not saying it was right then. I'm not saying it's right now. What I am saying is there is a track record. If you lie to the NCAA, you're going to get in trouble. Now, again, in the grand scheme of things, in the new world that we're in, do I wish there was some kind of more middle ground one than the other? Of course, I think one game is more than than fair. Heck, I think a fine uh, recruiting restrictions, he can't go on the road to recruit for a week or two in December. That, to me, feels like more than enough of a punishment for what he did. But I also do understand, like, like, if you go super light on him, imagine the reaction from Ohio State fans, from Tennessee fans, etc. So, again, part of this is on Harbaugh, even though I think the punishment was a little bit light. Couple closing thoughts. One does work out kind of well for Michigan. And there is a reason, by the way, that Michigan is pushing for a four game suspension. Have you seen the front end of their schedule? It's soft. It's Charmin soft. It's really bad. They play to open the season. This is Michigan's first four games. I want to make sure I have this right. Now, keep in mind, they had a game scheduled with UCLA to open the season. Um, that were early in the season. They had a home and home that was ultimately canceled a few years ago. And so use, uh, Michigan's first four games because the UCLA game was canceled. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. That is why Michigan is pushing for the four game suspension. And it will be interesting to see if the NCAA gives them the four game suspension, knowing that their first four games are at home and they're against East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. By the way, their next two would be at Nebraska, at Minnesota. Games Michigan should win. But obviously, I think Michigan would prefer to have Jim Harbaugh back if they go on the road. From there, I'll say this for Michigan too. I do think this program is uniquely qualified to handle kind of outside noise, okay? Because think about this time last year and what my stupid butt was saying about Jim Harbaugh. Remember, it was two off seasons ago that Jim Harbaugh first started flirting with the NFL had, I don't know if it ever got to the interview stage, but he was rumored to be interested with the bears. He was rumored to be interested with the Raiders, Minnesota Vikings. Remember he went to interview with the Minnesota Vikings on national signing day. And I remember saying on this show that is going to cause chaos. How can those players trust him? What are they going to do? Yeah, I know what they did. They went 12-0 and beat Ohio State and won the Big Ten again. 13-0 and heading into the playoff before they lost to TCU. So this program for two straight off-seasons has dealt with noise outside of their control, and they've kept on moving. I don't know how much this impacts them. Finally, though, I will say this. I just mentioned, Harbaugh's been flirting with the NFL back-to-back off-seasons now, okay? Back-to-back off-seasons for Jim Harbaugh flirting with the NFL. And I'm just going to sit here and say, is this the thing that pushes him out the door? Because it's clear he wants to get back to the NFL before he retires. It's clear he, I, I i can't speak for Jim Harbaugh. I do feel like he thinks that he has done what he, he can't, he, he has done at Michigan what he came back to do. Establish them as right now the best program in the Big Ten, beat Ohio State, make the college football playoff. Now there's that one last step to win the national championship. That's why they have the beat Georgia session of every practice, as we discussed a few weeks ago. But I just bring it up because it feels to me like Harbaugh, this to me, and I talked to somebody very close to the Michigan program, flirted with the NFL two offseasons ago, flirted with the NFL this past year. This feels like kind of the last hurrah. He's got everybody back. J.J. McCarthy's a junior. Donovan Edwards, Blake Corms back two elite running backs, defense is loaded, offensive line is good again. Could this ultimately be the thing that pushes Jim Harbaugh to the NFL? There was already thought that this might be his last year anyway, that he was gearing up for a title run this year, and if it happens or if it doesn't, he's going to try to go back to the NFL. Well, now you get suspended four games over a cheeseburger. I think it might be the thing that ultimately pushes Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL, Uh, and it's frustrating, and it's disappointing, but it is what it is, and as I said, part of this is – on jim harbaugh all right this is what i want to do take a quick break and when i come back we're gonna wrap with a little bit of hoops notes kansas north carolina playing a home and home some maui invitational news and maybe even a little recruiting nugget quick break beat right back all right everybody hi back good to be back good to be back do want to uh, really wrap the show. I, I want to talk college hoops in a minute. But quickly, two follow-ups to the Jim Harbaugh thing. One related to Harbaugh, one not really. <laughs> one, the first one is, uh, you know, Harbaugh News comes on the eve of Big Ten Media Day. Uh, Big Ten Media Day starts today, Wednesday, and also goes Thursday. And so rather than doing the Big Ten preview like I did with the Pac-12 and the SEC last week, going to go ahead and wait. Just figure out, wait, see if Harbaugh says anything, see if anybody else says anything, see if Ward Manuel, the Michigan AD, is at Media Days and comments on this at all. But Friday, we'll react to Big Ten Media Day, maybe give you some predictions on the season ahead. So that's one. Two, there is, look, NIL has been a huge topic on this show and on every show that cares about college sports over the last couple months. And I guess that there is kind of a bill being passed, kind of a national oversight on NIL. Tommy Tuberville is involved in it. Uh, of course, Tommy Tuberville now in politics in the state of Alabama. Listen, I don't know that you guys and girls care all that much until something becomes final and we have something to react to. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out privately. But I, I don't think it's something that you guys and girls care about all that much. If you do, we could talk about it on Friday. But today, I kind of want to focus on the lighter stuff, the funner stuff. And so let's wrap the show with a couple of really kind of cool topics from the college basketball world. The first one, did you see the news that broke on Monday? If you love college basketball, it doesn't get much better than this. How about this? Kansas and North Carolina, you may have heard of them. We can debate what's a blue blood, what's not a blue blood, who is, who isn't, is UConn, is this program, is that program? Kansas and North Carolina are. And on Monday, they announced that they will play a home-and-home in both Lawrence and Chapel Hill, starting not this coming season, but the next season, 2024, 2025, 2025, 2026, even cooler, both games will take place in the first full week of the college basketball season. So one, listen, I don't think there's like an amazing takeaway that I have, but, but one, it's just cool. There's a lot of history between these two schools, yet very interestingly, they have not played a ton during the regular season so how about this you think about all the history dean smith uh, you know north carolina icon played at kansas oh by the way larry brown played for dean smith at north carolina he ends up coaching kansas to a national championship roy williams coached at both schools was an assistant at carolina takes the kansas head coaching job leads him to a million final fours can't get over the hump he ends up leaving bill self takes over Bill Self gets Kansas two titles, all as Roy Williams gets three at North Carolina. So plenty of history back and forth. They're kind of these two programs that seem to just be interspersed. But what's crazy is they've played a lot in the tournament, but haven't played basically at all during the regular season. In the tournament, it goes back to the 50s when Wilt Chamberlain was playing for Kansas against Carolina. I think it was the 57 title game. Most recently, you may remember two years ago, they played for the national championship. Kansas beats North Carolina in New Orleans. So that is the in-tournament history. But the out-of-tournament, they haven't played. How about this? They've played, if my memory is correct, once in the regular season. I looked it up. I know this for a fact. They've played once on each other's home courts, total. So they played once in Lawrence back in 1960. They have never played in Chapel Hill. So these two teams will get together in Lawrence in November of 24 and also in Chapel Hill in November of 2025. Really cool. And I'll also say this, really, really, really good for college basketball. Now, I'm not the person, like, like I think there's this over, like, there's this narrative that's so dumb of, oh, college basketball needs to do a better job of creating early season games that matter well, that's just stupid. Okay. So I went back and looked it up just in the first two weeks of the season last year, before the Thanksgiving tournaments, before the battle for Atlantis, before the Maui Invitational, before the, uh, you know, the tournament in Orlando, here are some of the games that we got in the first two weeks of the season. We got Gonzaga, Michigan State on an aircraft carrier. I was there. We got uh, Michigan State versus Kentucky in the Champions Classic. We got Kentucky at Gonzaga, it wasn't technically a home game. It was a neutral site game in Spokane. We got Kansas versus Duke in the Champions Classic. We got Xavier hosting Indiana in what turned out to be a great game. Michigan State hosting Villanova in what turned out to be a great game. That was before the Thanksgiving tournaments. That was before the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which becomes the uh, ACC SEC Challenge this year. So I don't think college basketball lacks for marquee games early But the first week this past year was lacking. And so the more games you can get that get eyeballs on this sport early, the better. I will give credit where credit's due. The powers that be in the sport seem to understand the importance of playing big games early. This year, how about this? On top of the Champions Classic, which will pit Kentucky versus Kansas and Michigan State versus Duke, Duke is also hosting Arizona on like the second or third night of the year. So Arizona will be playing at Cameron Indoor Arena early in the season. So I love this. And what I really love is the powers that be. They seem to care about creating games that interest people in this sport. John Shire, to his credit, playing home and homes. Again, at Arizona next year, Duke hosting Arizona this year. By the way, Duke will play at Arkansas as part of the SEC, ACC challenge early in the year. UConn has a loaded schedule. They will play UNC in early December. They'll play at Kansas, a game that I'm hoping to actually go to in early December as well. So you just talk about an exciting time. By the way, I believe Gonzaga hosts UConn in Seattle this year as well. Point I'm trying to make, the powers that be get it, but the more great games that we can get early in football season, in the middle of the week. Listen, nobody's saying you should go head to head with the NFL on Sunday or even major college football on Saturdays during football season. But if we can get a couple games on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, I'm all in favor of it. North Carolina and Kansas early in the 2024-2025 and 2025-2026 seasons. Really quickly, one other scheduling note in college hoops. This coming year, the Maui Invitational. This week, we actually got matchups in this year's Maui Invitational. Now, I don't want to spend too much time breaking down college hoops games in July. This is a loaded freaking event, though, okay? So here are the four opening round matchups in this year's Maui Invitational. Kansas will be playing Chaminade. Remember, Chaminade isn't in the tournament every year anymore. This year, they're in it. Then Tennessee plays Syracuse. Marquette plays UCLA. Gonzaga plays Purdue. Again, don't want to spend a ton of time, but think about all the storylines there. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and pull up my most recent way too early top 25 from uh, college hoops. Okay. I'm going to pull it up because I want you to see how good the talent is in this year's event. In my way too early top 25, I have Kansas with Hunter Dickinson at number two. I have Purdue who is in this event at number three. I have Marquette in this event at number four. I have, let's see, who else? I have the Tennessee Volunteers at number 10. So four of my top 10 teams are in this event, not to mention that also my number 17 team, Gonzaga, is in as well. And also on top of all that, we got some interesting matchups from even the teams that aren't considered uh, you know elite heading into the year. So, first of all, Tennessee, I think, has a chance to be really good. I know everybody loves to criticize Rick Barnes. Remember, this team got to the Sweet 16 last year without Sakai Ziegler, their point guard. Well, he's back. Santiago Viscovi's back. Josiah Jordan James is back. And you're talking about basically four starters back for a Tennessee team that made the Sweet 16 without their starting point guard. They will play Syracuse. Of course, remember, this will be the first marquee event with Syracuse that does not feature Jim Bayheim. so that'll be wild. Red Autry, Adrian Autry is their head coach. And Syracuse actually should be pretty interesting. A couple nice transfers on that roster. Second game, Marquette versus UCLA. Remember, Marquette. It wasn't UConn that won the Big East regular season and Big East conference tournaments last year. It was Marquette. Marquette finished last season winning the Big East regular season, and they beat UConn twice. They now return four starters. I have them at number four in the country. UCLA, I'll tell you, they are very interesting from the perspective. We're going to learn a lot about Mick Cronin, Big Mick Energy this this coming year. Bottom line with Mick Cronin, don't wish any ill will upon him or that program. But he inherited a lot of talent from Steve Alford that he was able to retain. Well, Jaime Jaquez is gone after four years under Mick Cronin. Tiger, Campbell, the point guard gone after four years under Mick Cronin, uh, Jalen Clark is gone. Now Jalen Clark was a, uh, Mick Cronin recruit. So I don't want to discredit him for that, but I just bring it up because they lose a lot of talent off that team. So this will be the first look at them. And then I should mention, obviously Gonzaga at Purdue in primetime. I think this is the late tip off on that Monday. How about Gonzaga versus Purdue? Gonzaga, different team. Ryan Nemhard, the transfer from Creighton comes in. Purdue, of course, has the national player of the year in uh, Zach Eady returning to college basketball. So, this is going to be a fun event. And I am really, really, really excited about it because we got some fun matchups. And we got, like I said, three of the top four teams in my way too early top 25 are in this event. And that does not include Gonzaga. It does not include UCLA. One quick note. I think I'm going to do, I'm not going to talk about it on today's show. What I'll do is later this week, if you're subscribed on the YouTube channel, there was one recruiting note that I found very interesting, something that I've talked about previously on this show. So as I've said many times, it appears as though there's really about three players in high school basketball that have separated themselves from the pack. Cooper Flagg, we've talked about several times the last couple of weeks. weeks. Uh, Duke is hot after him. Some believe UConn is in the mix, myself included. There's a kid named AJ DeBonsa who just finished his freshman year, who some believe might be the best player in high school basketball. And then there is Cameron Boozer, the son of Carlos Boozer, who also has a twin brother who's a top 15 prospect. Why do I bring it up? At Peach Jam a few weeks ago, The Boozer twins did an interview with, I believe it was Travis Branham, maybe Joe Tipton of On3, and they said, look, it's early, but our recruitment's open. And just because our dad, Carlos Boozer, went to Duke does not mean that we are going. And so why do I bring it up? It's because they did an interview just a couple days ago that dropped on Tuesday with Kentucky Sports Radio's Jack Pilgrim where they emphasized the same thing. Here is what they said to Jack Pilgrim. I hear from Duke a good amount. Cameron said he's a good coach who is following up an all-time great. It's tough, but I do feel like he's going to do a good job these next couple years. But he said, I don't have to stress it. It's a known thing. I'm wide open. Whatever school wants me and pushes for me, if I see it as a good fit, that's where I'm going to go. And so I bring it up. Again, we'll do an extended segment, I think, on the Aaron Torres Pod YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed. I think this thing is going to end up being wide open. I think there's a couple things to consider. One, Cameron Boozer is a high school player in the class of 2025. Why do I bring that up? There's a lot of time between now and when he's going to commit, let alone when he's going to play. So we'll see what happens with John Shire. Thought John Shire actually did a pretty good job in his first season as the head coach at Duke. But let's see what happens if he struggles this year. Probably going to have the preseason number one team. What if they don't live up to expectations? What if they don't live up to the hype? Would that make Cameron Boozer reconsider things? What if some of their NBA prospects don't get to the NBA in the manner that we expect? Would that make him to consider? The point I'm trying to make, there's a lot of variables that are going in. And it feels like North Carolina and Kentucky both very much feel like they can be in the mix for this kid and for really both brothers, because I cannot emphasize this enough. The the other brother, Caden Boozer, the point guard, I watch Peach Jam, man. That kid can play. He, to me, looks like a future NBA point guard. He might not be a one-and-done like his brother, but I just bring it up. This is going to be a story to follow. Could the Boozer brothers go somewhere other than Duke? We'll have full reaction on the Aaron Torres Pod YouTube channel. But with that said, I do think it is time for me to get out of here. I think it's time to to kind of wrap the show. Uh, So let's get out of here. Quick show, short show, but some heavy topics. Obviously, the brownie stuff to lead. And then Jim Harbaugh and them cheeseburgers, man. Ain't no cheeseburger in paradise in Ann Arbor right now. With that said, we are going to get out of here. But if you're not subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. All for today's show. Time for me to get out of here. Thank you, guys and girls, for your support. Shout out to Torin Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Redick, you Unblock Me, bro. I'll be back Friday, new episode, Aaron Torres Podcast.